0: I'm Randy, And I'm Claire. And you're listening to Killer Vibes. A true crime podcast. Would you like to introduce our special guest? Yes. So
1: everyone, today our special guest is silent because he doesn't speak English. (laughs) Um, This is... You don't know that. (laughs) (laughs) He secretly speaks English but doesn't care to show us. I adopted a cat. His name is Pip. He's really cute and he's a little black cat and he's hanging out with us in the studio today. (laughs) Say, Say something, Pip. Well said. <laughs> bouncy, bouncy. <laughs> he likes the microphone.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, it's the summer, so you know. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. So let's get on with our murder discussion. Let's do it. Today I have a story. That's a little bit of a bummer, so sorry. It's not a fun story. (laughs) Awesome. But it's a story that's important to tell. So on this podcast, I like to maintain a healthy appreciation for the police as well Mm -hmm. as a healthy disdain for their corrupt acts that are far too common in the criminal justice system. Of course. And we've talked a lot about the LAPD. You told the story of the Black Dahlia, mm-hmm. I told the story of OJ, and today I want to talk about an even more recent case that exemplifies how absolutely nothing has changed in L.A. County when it comes to explicit biases or just corruption in general. So this is the 2009 disappearance of Maitreese Richardson. Excellent. I don't know this one. Okay. <laughs> well, let's dive in. So our story takes place in Southern Los Angeles, and Mytrice Richardson is a twenty-four. 24- <laughs> <laughs> he okay. just launched himself. Mm, goodbye. Okay, bye. <laughs> Have fun. <laughs> um. So Mytrice is a twenty-four-year-old. She just graduated from California State with honors, and she was planning to go to graduate school for child psychology. Um, She volunteered with at-risk children. She was a competitive dancer and a beauty queen. (laughs) God damn it. Ah, You're too cute. (laughs) Just sit with me. (laughs) Okay. 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 (laughs) (laughs) She lived with her great-grandmother in L.A., and she... I mean, she just graduated, so she wasn't really doing much at the time. I think she was just exploring her options for grad school, working. She was a dancer at a gay and lesbian night bar. She was beautiful. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll show you a picture later. She was absolutely stunning. Not that that makes her more important or anything, but she was just beautiful. Mm -hmm. So on September 16th, 2009, at 5 p.m., my trees usually would eat dinner with her great-grandmother, but on this day, they didn't. She was like, do you mind if we just skip dinner tonight? I want to go out. So, Mitrice drives 40 miles to Malibu and finds herself at an upscale restaurant called Joffrey's. It is a super rich part of Malibu. Apparently, it was... Just up the street from Steven, Bil- Steven Spielberg's. Um, what did I just say? Oh. Steven Spielberg's. <laughs> Steven Spielberg's. There's is so that? many things happening right now. I think <laughs> Hannah just poked her head in the window. Um, <laughs> Steven Spielberg's beachfront estate. It was off of the Pacific Coast Highway. So, really fancy restaurant. Kim Kardashian and Rihanna frequent it, apparently. Ooh, neat. So, she's just driving and finds herself here. So in this restaurant, she pulls up and the, she realizes that it's only valet parking. So she's like, okay, that's fine. And the valet is like, I'm going to go park the person in front of you's car and I'll be right back to get yours. So he goes and parks the other woman's car. And then when he comes back, he expects to find Mitrice sitting in her car waiting. But he finds her sitting in his car rummaging through her, his CDs. Interesting. And he's like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is where we get the bizarre behavior that Mitrice exhibits on this day that essentially will be like a really important part of our story because she starts exhibiting behavior that is very similar to a manic episode. Okay. So when he asks her, what are you doing in my car? She says, Oh, nothing. I'm here to avenge Michael Jackson's death. All right. And he's like, what the the hell? That's a little odd. Right? Okay. And so, that's so funny. I had it written, that's really odd. Then you you said it. Yeah, it's really odd. So he's kind of like, okay, that's weird. But like, she's a really normal woman besides this weird thing she just said to me. So, Mm -hmm. Pip, you have to sit with me. You can't go you have pressing to buttons there. with your little paws. I wonder if a button would even press because he's I so know, small right? He's so small like I don't even I don't in. think he would weigh enough to actually press a button. I don't think so either. Aww, I love him. <laughs> um, so <clears throat> he's like whatever escorts her inside the, ho- the restaurant and go parks her car. So she gets in, asks for a table for one, she's seated, she orders a cocktail and a steak, which amounted to eighty nine dollars. Yikes. Again, fancy restaurant. Fancy restaurant. Very nice
1: cut of steak then. Maybe Is that how you say that? I don't a know. Cut, a cut of beef, a cut of I don't
0: eat steak. Don't I'm know. sorry. <laughs> Claire does not like red meat. I do not continue. (laughs) Um, So she's inside eating by herself when she notices that there's a party of seven at the table beside her and they're really lively, having a lot of fun. So she asks if she can join them and they're like, sure, come on over. So she sits down with them and her odd behavior continues. She tells them that she's from Mars, that the ocean is calling her, that her mom is Mother Earth. And they're kind of, like, entertained and amused by her, but I think that they clued in, like, maybe she's on drugs or, like, really intoxicated right. somehow, and they're like, okay, like, we're done and we leave. But they were, I mean, they yeah. weren't, like, mean to her. I think that they kind of enjoyed her company, but right. they might have, I'm I'm sure they were a little concerned about her behavior. Yeah, I would be, too, if someone came up to me and said
1: that they were from Mars.
0: Yeah, well, they were like, where are you from? And she was like, from Mars. From like, Mars. Like, she's being really, like... The Ocean is calling me, like, kind of acting like that, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. really like carefree. And yeah, um, they're like, okay, well, we're done goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> so they leave and pay their check. And Maiatrice tries to leave right after them but she hadn't paid her check. So the manager stops her and she tells them that the the table of 7 picked up my check, like no worries, and they're like, "Well, they actually did not. Like you still ha- you still owe us $89. Mm-hmm. Maybe you were confused or something, but regardless, please give us $89." Yeah. She doesn't have any money on her. So the whole night she was speaking in disjointed sentences, acting really bizarre. And now she's trying to like dine and dash, but she's not being very like suspicious. She's still exhibiting this really like laid back, carefree and casual kind of behavior that leads the manager to suspect also she could be on drugs or something. Right. Mm -hmm. So he asks her, how do you plan to pay for this? Like, let's figure this out. And she says, well, you can call my great grandmother. She'll take care of it. So the manager calls her great-grandmother, and she was like, okay, I'll pay for her bill over the phone with my credit card. But they're like, see, we can't do that. You need to come in and do that, or you need to fax us a copy of your credit card and a signature. Interesting. But she's like 40 miles away and she doesn't have a fax machine because it's 2009 and she's just at home. Like, I don't know who. I mean, not <laughs> yeah. that fax machines are, like, that outdated, but but uh, still, who has that at their house? Like, I don't yeah, know. Unless you have, like, a business or something, you yeah. usually don't
1: have a fax machine.
0: Right. So that plan didn't pan out. So they, a, a couple of the employees even offer to pay my Teresa's bill because they're also concerned about her and she's being really nice at the same time. So they're yeah. just like. Like, like she needs to having go to a, the hospital like a hard or something. night or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah right so the manager wouldn't let her let them because he grew very concerned about her as well as time was passing so he instructs one of his employees to call 911 mm-hmm. and the restaurant employees calls 911 she's like we have a customer who's refusing to pay her bill but she's also acting really weird and bizarre like would you mind just coming here checking on her like we just don't want to let her go and and something happened to her because she's acting really weird. Right. So a couple of deputies from the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department arrive and they ask her if she's intoxicated. And she says, no, I'm fine. Like, I didn't even finish my drink really or something to the effect of that. Like, I'm fine. Yeah. And so they administer some field sobriety tests. She passes all of them. She's totally sober. And so they're like, great, you're just weird, but we still <laughs> but we still have to deal with the issue of your check. So how are you going to pay that? And she says, maybe my wallet is in my car. Would you guys go look? So they go and search her car. They don't find her wallet, but they do find a little bag of marijuana in her center console. It's less than an ounce. She admits that it's hers. So... They're still at this point, like, kind of concerned about her behavior, and they end up arresting her for frauding an innkeeper, and then they later charge her with possession of less than an ounce of marijuana. Stupid. Yeah. That just seems (laughs) utterly
1: ridiculous, especially now since California has legalized marijuana.
0: Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's just dumb. Anyway, she was yeah. she was cooperating. She was like trying yeah. to figure it out. She's yeah. obviously, she's not even high. She passed all their field sobriety tests. Mm-hmm. It was just a really stupid call. Yeah. And they even at this point had the option of if they were so concerned, they could have maybe taken her to have a psycholog or, or a psychiatric exam or something, mm-hmm. put her on like a hold or they had right. all of these options in front of them and they chose to arrest her. Exactly. I just feel like they should have taken her to a hospital more than taking
1: her and booking her. That just seems like a more safe option, especially since I know what the theme of this podcast is. (laughs) So does everyone
0: else. (laughs) Yes. So they take her to the Lost Hills Station, which was about 15 miles from the restaurant. They arrive at 10 p.m., and this is in Malibu Canyon. So I've never even been to California. Have you been to Malibu? I've never been to California, no. So I researched it, and it's basically like this very dense terrain. It's not like hiking trails that like you would just go have a quick and easy hike on. there. It's like heavy terrain, rocks, mountains. It's cold because it's on the beach. It's in the middle of nowhere. There's like basically all there is are really rich people's homes, but like nothing else there's not very many businesses and one interviewer on the show i watched, i got a lot of this from a show called disappeared and um she said you couldn't even see your hand in front of you at night like, Yeah, it was dark there's not i mean there's no reason to have a lot of lights if there's right, nothing exactly there. oh that's so scary yeah so, i hate to go there yeah me too <laughs> so, and she's not from there she's a city girl she's from yeah. l.a
1: and she's already exhibiting weird behavior. Exactly. Uh, this is stressing me out.
0: Okay. So they arrive to the Lost Hill Station, and Maitrice's mom, Latice, is now informed of what's going on. I think her great-grandmother called her and was like, this is happening. So her mom calls Joffrey's, and the manager explains the whole situation. He explains to Latice how bizarre Maitrice was acting all night, and Latice comes to the conclusion that she must be either very intoxicated or, ha- like, having some sort of mental break. Like, she, Absolutely. this was very out of character for her. I was just going to ask if this had happened before. Never. She's yeah. never even been diagnosed with any sort of mental health disorder. God. She graduated with Honor. She was about to go start her graduate degree. Like, really successful beauty queen, like, Nothing to indicate she never even got intoxicated that frequently. Yeah. So her mom was like, it must have been some something weird must have happened. She either drank too much on accident or something is wrong with my daughter. Like right. this is very weird. Yeah. Um, so it wouldn't be unusual for my trees to be exhibiting the very first manic episode of her life because the average age for women To experience bipolar disorder for the first time is 21 and she's Mm -hmm. 24. So, this isn't like. It's not unheard of. It's not unheard of for a 24 year old to be like, have nothing absolutely wrong with her. Not that that's wrong with you, but like, not to have to exhibit zero mental health issues her whole life and then Mm -hmm. randomly have Have a manic episode. That's not unheard of before, which. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that could have been what was going on. Mm -hmm. In fact, psychologists who have looked at this case are pretty certain she was experiencing a manic episode. Mm -hmm. So Latisse calls the Lost Hills station and she was like, "Okay, you have my daughter there, obviously. Like, what are you going to do with her? Do I need to come pick her up right now? Do I need to pick her up in the morning? Like, if you're holding her overnight, that's fine. Just let me know Mm -hmm. because she's not from there. Her car has now been impounded. She doesn't have they didn't think to like grab her her purse out of the car or her phone or anything. So she doesn't she if she were to be released, she would have absolutely nothing. Yeah no, no phone, no money, no transportation, nothing. The clothes on her body. That's yeah. all she would have. So her mom's like, I don't wanna wake up. This is literally from the nine one one phone call. She mm-hmm. says or not nine one one, from the um phone call to the station. Mm-hmm. She says, "I just don't want to wake up and read a news headline that a woman was found in the Malibu Canyon with a beheaded. Like she was like, I just she's like that could happen. She's obviously like one of us and has oh like my a very gosh, absolutely she's hyper aware. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of anxiety about getting <laughs> murdered. But also, it's not really anxiety because it's literally the middle of nowhere. Yes, beautiful young woman, no belongings with her. Like, yes, it's, it's a very highly, probable. Yeah, valid concern from yeah. the mom." Uh, I just love that she, she said that. She was, I don't want to wake up to a news headline, woman beheaded in Malibu like, Canyon. Because that would be uncool, yeah. you know? Like,
1: I wouldn't be a fan I'm of that. I'm not about
0: that. <laughs> I'd be mad. Yeah. To it's, say the least. Yes. So she's basically telling them, just keep me in the know. It's not like she could just leave her house and, like, go wait at the substation because, or she could have, but and she was very willing to, but she mm. had her 10-year-old daughter at home. She was asleep. It's right. like, 12, 30.
1: Right, or, and her daughter, her other daughter is an adult. Yeah. It's like, she should be able to handle herself,
0: but at the same time, keeping it in communication is essential. Yeah, so and she couldn't, and I yeah. don't think she could handle herself then, and I think her mom knew that. Right. I think her mom was like, she can't hand her, handle herself right now. Clearly, something is wrong with her, and you need right. to tell me what you're doing with her. Yeah, you need to take care of yeah. her. Take care I of her, or tell me to come a, get her. Moment. Yeah. And she was very willing to go there at the moment, but she just was like, it would be more convenient if you would just tell me Mm -hmm. so I didn't have to wake up my daughter and drive an hour to your substation when you could easily just call and tell me what's going on. So she was basically like, I will drive there right now if Mm -hmm. I need to, but like if I don't need to, let me know. Yeah. So they're like, we get it. You're a concerned mom. No worries. We will call you. When she gets here. Shoot, they were still like en route with her. Okay. She's like, I will have her call you. We will tell Perfect. you what's going on. That's nice of them. That is nice of them. Maybe. <laughs> I'm just worried that,
1: that they're going to do something really stupid after this nice gesture.
0: Wow. Uh, and w- what context clues would give you that?
1: I don't know. Maybe like the murder podcast bit or like the disappearance bit. I'm yeah, not sure. We're here to just talk about
0: a wonderful encounter yes, with police. And a reunion
1: between mother and
0: daughter later. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that's S- what we love. Yes.
0: That's <laughs> what we're about here. Yeah. So Latisse waits and waits by the phone. All night, no one ever calls her. So when she wakes up the next morning, she calls the substation and she figures she just needs to come in and bail my trees out. They obviously booked her and kept her overnight. But when she calls them, they say, and this is like 5 a.m. in the morning, they say, no, we released my trees five hours ago. Excuse
1: me. Excuse me. Excuse me. No. No. That is incorrect. Incorrect, yeah. (laughs) That's so rude. After her mom went to all the trouble of making sure that they called her and they reassured her, I'm
0: not happy. So they tell Latisse that they they didn't have any reason to hold my trees, that they were going to let her go. Um, But that they offered her to stay at the station until someone could pick her up, but that she would have to stay in a cell and that Matrice denied doing that or didn't want to. So she, without her phone, without any money, without any form of transportation, walked out of the Lost Hills station at 1230 in the middle of the night by herself. That's... That is, like, negligent, almost. That's very negligent.
1: Considering her mental state at that exactly. moment. And the fact that the reason that the police were even called in the first place was because she was exhibiting odd behaviors. And then they're like, oh, we don't have any reason to keep you, so I guess you can just go. Like, without any concern for her safety. That just is so frustrating. You can't just, like... She's obviously going to deny the offer of staying in a cell all night. Yeah, she's not in her right mind. No, you have to tell her that this is the best option for her and then accommodate for the fact that you don't have to keep her there. So maybe put her somewhere nicer or tell her that her mom is coming. I mean, there's so many different things that they could have done to protect her. And I'm very disappointed Mm,
0: Okay. Yeah, and it's not (laughs) like it is a station in the middle of L.A. where it's like hopping and really busy. Yeah, no. It is the middle of nowhere. They have absolutely nothing to do. She was probably the only person they arrested that night. I'm not sure but I'm probably. sure. And they couldn't have just been like there's so many options in front of them. They could have put her on a psychiatric hold. They could have done a psychiatric evaluation before Mm -hmm. letting her go. They could have been like no, you're staying here. Yes. You are having a manic episode, or you're being you have you're being to stay crazy. Here. You need to stay here. Yes, and they know that she's not from
1: here because her mom literally called and said that she's not from that area. Yeah, and that she was concerned about her. Like it is, yeah. That's just negligence, pure and
0: simple. Exactly. That makes me so irritated. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So that morning on Thursday, September 17th, a man calls 911 from Montanito, which is a community about six to eight miles from the substation, at 6:30 to report that a random woman is chilling in his backyard. Cool. The description fits my trees perfectly, but when the police arrive, they couldn't find her. She apparently had like already left, and This whole day, Latisse is waiting to go to the substation later that evening because she attempted to file a missing persons report in the morning, but they were like, wait a couple hours and call us back. They always say that. I hate it. I hate it. So that evening at 6 p.m., Latisse goes to the station to file a missing persons report. While she's there doing this, they, they accept the missing persons report, and while she's there, they're like, Oh, by the way, this guy called in earlier this morning, and they tell her about what happened, and her mom is like, based on the terrain and how dark it was, there's no way in hell that she walked eight miles and found a house. Absolutely there's no not. way, especially in the state that she was in.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say something sounded fishy about that, and it reminded me of the Susan Jovin case. It's like,
0: she could no how did walk she get there? that far yeah. in the dark. Exactly. That's just not possible, so she believes that someone must have driven her there, yes, but to this day, we have no idea how she got to that house if someone drove her if she did walk. I mean, it's possible. It's just really unlikely,
1: sure. especially since she was disoriented and didn't know the area. Yeah, it was aliens.
0: it maybe we don't know
1: <laughs> that's gonna that's my theory, that's my input. The aliens abducted her and dropped her in this guy's yard, six miles away.
0: That's it, yeah. <laughs> So as the missing person investigation is beginning, the family starts looking into what Mitrice was doing in the days leading up to her disappearance. And they notice some things that are very much in line with the theory that she was having a manic episode. She was sending unintelligible texts, writing notes that made no sense, like really just bizarre ramblings and just... Doing the same thing she was doing at the restaurant in the days right. leading up to it. And during the beginning of the police's investigation, they confirm through scent tracking that it was, in fact, my trees at the home in Montanito. They the they have dogs um, track her scent. They're like, OK, she was here. This was her. And they're able to track her footprints leaving the police station. But they show that she walked a little bit started running and then her footprints suddenly disappear. like no more footprints after that.
1: Oh my god. Ah, that's so scary. I know. This is like some crazy
0: like conspiracy theory stuff. I'm s- <laughs> okay, keep yeah, keep going. So that is what happened in like the very first couple of days like my family is looking into her what she do, they're looking into like physical like where did she go and that's all they come up with. So the next week, the LAPD homicide team is assigned to her case, and they find some shocking information right away. There are journals in her car that are similar, really weird ramblings as she was doing in the texts and the notes. And they also notice on her MySpace and her Facebook that she was posting constantly, just, again... I, I feel like i missed... stuff? Yeah, I feel like I've overused the word ramblings, but, like, that's what it was. It mm-hmm. was just, like,
1: just weird stuff. Yeah, just no, non-coherent sentences yeah. back and forth. Did, did it have any sort of through line in any of it, or was it just, like,
0: sentence after sentence random stuff? I didn't read it all, but, I mean, based on what people have said, it was just, like, just ramblings. Just, like, yeah. sentences about one thing, then sentences about another thing, didn't make any sense. And yeah. Some of the things that she handwritten were, like, you could not read them. They were really. It was just crazy. Yeah, and they put all the timeline together of her Facebook and MySpace posts, and they realized she had not slept for twenty four hours leading up to her disappearance. There was no time for her to have sleep to have gone to sleep based on how much she was posting and when, like based on when people saw her that day. Yeah, and if you look at the photo when they booked her, like her mugshot. It is, she looks exhausted. Yeah. If you'll see photos of her, just beautiful beauty queen, like so pretty, always really well put together. And then you see her photo at the station and she has bags under her eyes. She looks so distressed. Like who in their right mind would look at this woman with the information they're getting from the family that like, this is really out of character. We're really concerned about her. Do not let her go and think, oh, it's a good idea to just let her walk out in the middle of the night. No person with any sort of integrity would do that. Yeah, exactly. So, like I said earlier, Maitreese has never been diagnosed with any mental health issues, but even the psychologists from the LAPD are like, she probably had bipolar disorder and it might have just been like a just coming to fruition as mm-hmm. this all happened. Right. So, The arresting officers go to her car and they start searching it. That's where they find her journals. But they also find something really, really upsetting. They find her wallet with debit card inside and money, like a debit card with over $2,000 on it in cash.
1: Okay, so who checked that car the police officers who arrested her. Do they not know what a debit card looks like? That's insane. It's not that they don't
0: know what it looks like. It's that they probably ignored it at, so that yeah, they could book her. At, at best, they overlooked it. At worst and more likely, they purposefully did not produce it when they did the search of her car. But they searched her car so thoroughly that they found a tiny bag you know, of marijuana I was literally in her just center console. Say that. Is she a woman of color? Yes. <sighs> of course she is. So, not okay. Not okay at all. And despite all of this that they find, like, right away when the homicide detectives start looking into it, there are still no answers to her whereabouts at this point. Still, no one has seen her. Oh, my
1: God. I literally just got goosebumps.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is, like, a week out, still literally no sighting
1: of her. Oh, my God. That's so scary. Especially since they had seen her in such a random location and then she just
0: up and vanished. Yeah. So by this point, Mitrice's family is very annoyed, rightfully so, and they hire a civil rights attorney to help them correspond with the sheriff's department and just get some stuff rolling because nothing is happening and people are being really uncooperative. Yeah, smart choice. So their civil rights attorney calls a press conference outside of the station where she was last seen and just calls them out on their Bullshit. It's wonderful. (laughs) Direct quote. If her last name was Spears or Lohan, they would have never let her walk out by herself. They would have escorted her home. Yes. Which is so poignant and true. God. So now we're going to get into all of the annoying things the police do in this story, as if we haven't been doing that for 30 minutes now. Great. Fabulous. Let's get into it. So, a couple days after her disappearance, the police released their reports from that night that include no indication that anyone was concerned with her mental health. Nothing. And so, that's annoying. And then there's also the fact that Mitrice's family literally right after she disappeared was like, do you have footage from this night in the substation? We would love to see how she was acting. We we can compare it to her behavior normally, and we can really right. get to the heart of what was going on. Absolutely. They say, no, we don't have any footage. We And they're like, we're looking at cameras all around us. And they say, those cameras don't record. We don't keep those recordings. They're just for like surveying the substation, Like, for security reasons. That's a lie. That's a lie. Yeah, it's a lie. So, they say say this for, like, a really long time, (laughs) that there's no footage, because they probably did something stupid on the
1: footage, and they didn't want anybody to see it.
0: Yes. So, they say this for a while, and then once the civil rights attorney gets involved, once the story starts picking up more steam, and they go back to ask for the footage again... They mysteriously find it. Oh, whoa. And their excuse for why they did not produce it earlier is that they say, well, you were just asking for footage after she left, like from outside of the station. Oh, he's yawning. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I'm like a holding pip and he's just sleeping. He's pretty cute. Um, he's very distracting when talking about- so cute social justice issues (laughs) he's just like asleep and he keeps yawning and stretching his arms and it's Mm -hmm. so cute yeah he's cute so they say like well you were only asking for footage from outside of the station after she left that is absolutely incorrect yeah that's not right and even if that was exactly what they asked they could they could have said well we don't have that but we have have tons of footage of her inside hello but they did not offer that so I just feel like they should be more concerned
1: with the fact that this woman has fully disappeared and yet they'd rather cover their asses instead of deal with this woman whose life might be in danger. Hmm. Interesting. Priorities, right? (laughs) I love it. Serve and protect. Yeah.
0: Just kidding. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So in the footage... You can see Mitrice just acting very agitated. She's When she's in the booking cell, she's just like swinging back and forth and very, she's just not chill at all. Something's yeah. wrong with her. She's having a manic episode. Yes. And then when she leaves the substation, they say no one, They they've been saying this whole time, like no one knows where she went. We didn't see her leave. We just let her go. And then she like walked out. But... When she leaves, someone walks out right behind her, like literally right behind her. There's no way they would not have seen where she, what direction she went in. Did she get in a car? Did anything happen to her? And so they try to figure out what this police officer knows and they stick to their story that he knows nothing. He didn't see anything. And they just, like you said, continue to cover their asses instead of help in any way. That just is like even mm. knowing like what like which direct in, direction did she go in would have been helpful.
1: No, and they're not being accusatory. They're trying to find this woman. It's not like they're saying anything negative yet. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, if they if the police had cooperated, I feel like I would have a lot more sympathy because they're not a mental health institution. They don't necessarily have all of the means to provide for her. But if they had just been honest in the first place, I would have had a little bit of a more lenient stance on how they took treated the situation. But the fact that they're, like, lying about it makes it even more suspicious. And they're trying to, like, cover up this one police officer's, what he saw that night. I mean, that makes it even more suspicious. Maybe he was involved. Maybe he maybe did he something to her. Maybe he her ride. Yeah, like, where or did he maybe he, take he was her? like,
0: do you need a ride somewhere or yeah. something like that. Or they it's made just...
1: him follow her or
0: something. It's just... Not cool. But... It's, yeah, it's just like very obvious that they're trying to cover something up up. Otherwise, there's no need yeah, to act the way they're acting. Absolutely not. So on January 9th, 2010. So we're now she went just disappeared in September. We're now in January. It's four months later. The largest search in LA County in over 20 years takes place. Hell yeah. It that does. sounds like a great idea. Mm-hmm. But it happened four months later. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. By the end of the search, still no answers. My God. So around the same time, Michael, her dad, sh- is in Las Vegas. And he believes that he sees my trees. Oh, gosh. And he sees her. The way she's acting, it looks like she's. Actively being a sex worker. So he's, like, driving by when he sees her. He, like, jumps out of his car, like, as quick as he can, yells for her, is, like, yelling after her, and then she, like, disappears into a crowd, and he can't find her. My gosh. So her mom doesn't believe that she was in Las Vegas at this time. She says, this is the saddest quote ever. She says, in my heart, I know that her light isn't shining. And moms are, like, always right, so I feel like I would believe her oh, gut. yeah. She's like, no, I, I feel in my heart that she's not alive. Like, I don't think she's in Las Vegas. But her dad stays there and just kind of searches for her the whole time. Mm-hmm. And on March 29th, the station, that's when the station finally releases the video. So it's actually after the Las Vegas thing. Sorry, I got my timeline mixed up. <laughs> so after that, nothing happens. Jump forward to June 26th. They file six claims against the L.A. County Sheriff's Department, including wrongful death and negligence. Her mom says because of bad judgment, she's not here. And that's she's absolutely right. Like 100 yeah. percent. If they had taken any of the other options that were they were faced <laughs> with, they could have saved my Treece's life. Yeah. Very easily. Oh, Yeah. And this is why police have too much discretion and we need to rein it in. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The discretion isn't helping anyone at all. We had like a whole lecture day in my law enforcement class about police discretion. And it was just like so infuriating. (laughs) I bet. I can just imagine you sitting in that classroom. I was just like, it's an excuse to be racist. That's what discretion is. But... Everyone was like, well, but they would, the ju- justice system would be overloaded with cases if we didn't have discretion. Like, if police had to ticket you every single time they pulled you over, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I think that we could take that yeah, risk absolutely. to save people's lives. Literally and- to save people's Ugh, lives. Whatever. I feel like it's worth it. But So that same month in June, oh, by the way, they deny all claims, obviously, mm-hmm. that same month. There's another sighting of my trees in Las Vegas by a guy who went to high school with her. What? Yes. They're like in a casino. He sees her. He calls her name and she apparently looks really nervous and walks away. Oh my God. So with this second sighting, the LAPD and the LA Sheriff's Department go to Las Vegas to find her. And again, we are just similar to the comment I made about the largest search in 20 years. We now have another very, like, I don't know, it seems like a really big thing for the LAPD and the LASD to do that I feel like is a little out of the ordinary, like going to Las Vegas to find her. Yeah. And it feels very much. Purposeful that they're trying to cover their asses Mm -hmm. as opposed to finding her because they were doing nothing to help in the first four months that she was disappeared, that she had disappeared. And now all of a sudden, it's like, let's get everyone to Las Vegas. Yeah, it's like, let's make that expense happen. That totally makes sense. So, I mean, I'm glad that they went, but I'm also like, "Mm -hmm." but it's suspicious. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, that makes sense to question it. So while they're there, this is. I don't know what to think about this. Mm -hmm. More than 70 people report having seen my trees because they're like essentially canvassing the area, like going around with her photo. Like, have you seen Mm -hmm. this woman? Um, But they don't find her. And her mom still has this gut feeling that not only is she dead, but that she is in Malibu Canyon. She believes that she left that home in distress and Is dead somewhere in the mountains. Like she just, she knows that that's what happened. And again, moms are always right. Mm -hmm. So on August 9th, there are two Malibu State Park rangers hiking in Dark Canyon. And this is an area that's not a frequented hiking trail. It is Pretty difficult to get to, apparently, if you don't know how to get there. And the only reason that they were there was to, they apparently busted, like, an illegal pot farm situation. And they were going back to make sure that it had, you know, like, no no one had gone back to continue growing. I don't really know. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they find a partially mummified body of a female with black curly hair. Mummified? Yes. Because she had just been... Like, her body had just been laying there in the wilderness for a really long time. But that's still interesting because, like, hmm, okay. And the clothes are not on the skeleton. They're, like, laying nearby. So she was naked. On August 12th, this body is confirmed to be my Richardson. Oh, Mom. You're so smart. I know. Poor thing. That would suck. But there are still unanswered questions. And still, actions taken by law enforcement even after this that are not okay. <sighs> okay. So, a report written by an independent review board came out. Long story short, it said that there was no wrongdoing on behalf of the sheriff's department. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Despite letting her go when there were very obvious reasons to hold her for a psychiatric evaluation. And despite being super annoying when the family was trying to get answers and being really uncooperative, just there's no there's no reason for that report to have said that. Like yeah, it, no, no reason. That's so so stupid. That comes out basically right after this body is found. Then an autopsy is conducted. It shows the cause of death to be undetermined. Despite her naked body being found in an unfrequented hiking area. Hmm, sounds like murder. Yes. Maybe a sex crime. Exactly. And don't worry, the list of infuriating things that the police do doesn't stop there. Okay. Ready for, like, the worst thing, in my opinion? Okay. This is a thing that, of everything in this case, points to they are covering something up. Okay. So when her body was found... By the park rangers, they had called the sheriff's department deputies. They come out, homicide comes out. They're all there. They call the coroner. The coroner says, "Do not move her body. I need to examine how it's laying there, where it's laying, to determine her cause of death." Mm -hmm. They give them explicit instructions not to move it.
1: Oh, guess what? I'm I can imagine what they do with it. They move
0: her body. Of course, they do. They don't listen. What the f- what the hell? They don't only move her body; they airlift it out of the park. Why? I don't know. To cover something
1: up. Yeah, because that's like a really quick way to get the body away from the crime scene.
0: Yeah. And that's That's, probably why they can't determine the cause of death is they don't have, all they have is a skeleton to go off of. Yeah, and it's mummified, which is another thing that kind of is
1: throwing me off because in a wooded area, that wouldn't happen. Like, mummification, you have to have a lack of air exposure and your body has to be
0: wrapped in something it was, so, like, it said partially mummified. Partially so I think m- that still. I think all they meant by that was that it was just laying there. Obviously, nothing had happened to it for a long time. Okay, I, it wasn't like a mummy, right? But, but- like, <laughs> if it,
1: like, if this, if there was still like skin exposed and everything, I would be curious about that because woodland animals would
0: eat it. So that's so that's literally the excuse that the sheriff's department and homicide give for moving the body. They say that it was getting dark and they didn't want any disturbance to happen. But it's been laying there for almost a year. Yeah, and nothing that I mean, like wildlife it hasn't disturbed been laying there it. for a, w- a year and exactly, it was placed yeah. there. And wildlife haven't hasn't done anything too disturbing to it yet. And because it's in like a really weird area that, like the way it was described, is like you would not stumble upon this area unless you were looking for it, huh? Purposefully,
1: yeah. And you can block off that area. Like people, police go to crime scenes in the middle of the night. Exactly. I was like, "What the hell? Get some lights out here!" (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, right. Like do it in the morning if it's if you need to.
0: This is a possible murder scene. What are you doing? And then. Oh, God. More disturbing. Or not more. Similarly disturbing. The clothing that was laying beside her was only her tennis shoes, her... Or no, sorry. It was her bra and her jeans. And That's... her... and Hang on. Sorry. Yes, <laughs> bra and jeans. It was bra and jeans. Sorry. i yeah. trying to like, remember. I didn't write that part down. Yeah. But, like, not her T-shirt and not her sneaker. She was wearing, like, Vans shoes. Uh-huh. And they're like, oh, well, maybe wildlife... Took it, but like, why would they not take the jeans and her bra? They were yeah. just laying beside her body. Like, I feel like tennis shoes are harder to take. Yeah. So that doesn't really add up. It's just weird. No. They never sent the clothing to be tested, nor did they request for it to be sent to be tested. So it wasn't even like a fluke, like, oh, someone forgot to send it. No request was ever made to test the clothing for possible sexual assault indications any sort of like what i mean there's so many cases where you you're like oh there's like this weird dirt on her clothing that yeah. tells us that she was she over was somewhere here else. like yeah it was never tested and it was what buried with her body so at this point testing might not reveal as much as it would have yeah right away when they found it and then so in the show i was watching the dumb guy representing the sheriff's department he says he was like we have to remember that homicide was in charge of the of the scene. They can do whatever they want to do.
1: Uh no they can't. No. They have to the follow procedure. The coroner said don't
0: move it. The coroner was literally like my instructions are not to move that body until my team can get out there to examine it. Yeah. And they airlifted it out of the place. Yikes. So annoying. Okay. <laughs> Ah, okay, okay. So, (laughs) finally, we have one kind of win-ish. Pre-trial depositions showed that some deputies were aware of Mitrice's behavior the night that indicated mental health concerns. So, even though this report had come out, they obviously were, like, getting ready for a trial because of the six claims against the sheriff's department in the county, and the investigation basically showed, like, yeah, you knew about it. Like mm-hmm. some some people, some of your deputies were aware aware of the concerns and did nothing about it. So in August of 2011, Mitrice's parents settle for 900 thousand dollars from LA County, but LA County never admits any wrongdoing. They basically say, "Well, we'll we'll review our policies, but we didn't do anything wrong." Here's nine hundred thousand dollars to leave us alone. Wow. Okay. In two thousand sixteen, a criminal investigation was opened into the actions of the deputies by the Attorney General's Office, which was then ran by Kamala Harris. Yay. No. <laughs> not a yay. Oh, it's not a yay. It's not a yay. Uh-oh. I don't. Lo- I don't love Kamala Harris particularly because she's. Like, her whole career as an attorney has been as a prosecutor. Oh,
1: well, yeah. I, that, you know. But she's currently running for- She's a candidate
0: for- For president. Yeah, she mm-hmm. is.
1: For those of you who don't know who we're talking about.
0: So she said, or not she, but her office said that there was insufficient evidence to support a criminal prosecution for destruction, alteration, or concealment of evidence- Despite moving her whole body, bearing her clothes, not testing it, well, concealing shit. the video for months and yes. acting like they didn't have it. Never God mind. knows what else they're concealing. If it took so much prying to get a simple surveillance footage out of their hands. Like yeah. who knows what else? Could have
1: they could have done or hidden. Ah Oh, that makes me so irritated. I thought I was gonna be excited. I didn't know she was a prosecuting lawyer. <sighs> yeah, she was a, a
0: DA. Mm. Yeah, you said that and I totally spaced that. So what I'm really (laughs) trying to get out with this episode is Mm -hmm. to vote for Bernie and feel the burn. I mean, like, (laughs) honestly, if you want to see some criminal justice reform, which I'm sure anyone listening to this podcast does, Mm -hmm. vote for Bernie. (laughs) Look him up. Look (laughs) at him. Just look up his criminal justice reform ideas. Anyways, her case is still open today, but it is inactive. And the only reason is because of that coroner situation. They can't figure out what happened to her. No. And the thing that's really annoying is that like the language surrounding her cause of death is that it is like inconclusive and that we can't say that it's a homicide and we can't say that it was like what else would it be? It's just I I don't know. know. The language around it is like very much not putting the blame where it should be. Mm -hmm. And it's just like oh some freak accident happened but like something happened to her. Yes, absolutely. And do just mean, lay down and die. No, that doesn't
1: happen, especially when she was such a young person. She was
0: only 24, and this was her first manic episode she had yeah. ever experienced. And the clothes thing, there are... It is not uncommon to take your clothes off during a manic episode. Mm-hmm. So that's a possibility. It's of possible course. she wasn't raped or assaulted, but
1: but you should test it just to be sure. Exactly. To be yeah. 100% because everything
0: looks suspicious to like, the point. Let's look at her clothes. Let's yes. at least test them. Like Yeah, if there's nothing wrong then just do it. If you're trying to cover your whatever you did up in my mind, if there was nothing on her clothes, testing them would have only helped your case. Yeah, absolutely. It so would why wouldn't you nothing have? nothing on the clothes. That, to me, is almost like direct evidence that there's something on there they didn't want people to see. Yeah. So. It's so irritating. Yep. So if this story made you as annoyed as it did me and Claire, um, I'm going to steal a phrase from Sean King's podcast and give you an action step. So if you feel so inclined, obviously you don't have to do this, but if you want to, you can go to ReformLAJails.com and you can do a number of things. You can continue to learn about the corruption in the LAPD or in L.A. County in general. Apparently it's worse in the sheriff's department than it even is in the LAPD. So there's actually, there's this great article that I'm going to list in my sources where there's a quote in it from an attorney who's like, we have a joke in our circle that's um, basically he's saying that if the LA sheriffs, de- he's trying to make a point that the LA sheriffs are worse than the LAPD. And he said if Rodney King, if the Rodney King incident had been happening with the LA sheriff's department, there wouldn't be a video because they would have just killed him. Yikes. And like instead, of, as opposed to beating the shit out of him. So, like, apparently it's worse than the LAPD. And we already know how bad the LAPD is based on God. our. Or other episodes. Yeah. So you can just go on there and learn more about it. You can read more stories that are mm-hmm. similar to My MyTresa's my story is on that website if you want to get another take on it. But you can also contribute money to their cause. You can sign ballots and petitions. It's like a really great resource if this episode made you feel like you need to do something about it. Absolutely. I would go to that website. Um, They're just... It's a great organization that's actively working towards fixing the issues like the ones that exist in this story. So maybe check it out if you want to, but that is the really infuriating disappearance and probably murder of Maitresse Richardson. Well, I'm sufficiently irritated. I I, I will say that.
1: <laughs> and I'm definitely going to check out that website cuz I think that's really interesting.
0: I like there were there's just a precious Little baby kitty in my arms right now. Yeah. It's making all of this frustration feel <laughs> feel a little bit less little frustrating. Bit less, yeah. It's like the world's not that bad. They made this adorable cat. <laughs> the world can't little be that bean. Awful pip exists. <laughs> Say hi.
1: He's hella. He's asleep. literally He's totally asleep. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we'll post a picture of uh my new cat on the Instagram page so that you guys can see him. Um but his name is Peregrine Took from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> um, and then he has another namesake, Pippin, from the musical Pippin, and his nickname is Pip. So very
0: calm. <laughs> she was like I was like, what is his name? And she sent me, like, so many different. So many ones. And they were all just like this one, like, well, I would name him this, but I would call him Nimbus. this because of this. And I'm like, wow, you've <laughs> really thought this through. Really thought about it.
1: So, yeah. But shout out to my brother for coming up with the name Pip. He just, like, said it. And I was like, oh, my gosh. What was my vote? What, what Cal, right? Yeah. What, you, so, what was the
0: origin of that one?
1: So, um, I really like this movie called Howl's Moving Castle and the fire demon in it. His name is Calcifer. And we'd call him Cal, but I don't, I'm not a big fan of anime and it's the only anime movie that I actually like. And uh, I decided that it would just be bad representation if I named my cat after an anime character since I don't like anime very much.
0: When you said Calcifer to me, I literally, or it was over text. Yeah. I thought it was a demon's name. Yes, it is.
1: It is? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, it's, okay. it's a, yeah. it's okay. Yeah,
0: he's a little fire demon. Like a real demon? I don't know if it's a real
1: demon's name. Like,
0: I thought you were doing like a Corpsewood Manor oh, thing, yeah. like naming your animal <laughs> after a demon. Yeah. Like Balthazar or yeah. something like that. Yeah, no. What
1: was it? Balthazar. Uh Bel Besheba Bel Beelzebub.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's such a cute name. It kind of is. It doesn't even sound like a demon. No, it's Beelzebub. Beelzebub. <laughs> I mean there's bub at the end of it. That's so
1: cute. It is cute. Anyway. Um but yeah, so we'll have a picture of him up on the Instagram for you guys to look at. He's okay. so precious. He's pretty cute.
0: okay so thank you for listening to that story again Mm -hmm. check out that website watch that episode of disappeared it's really great it's season six episode one i'll have it linked below and read that article it's great too i'll have it linked below as well (laughs) so many good things (laughs) and thanks Thanks for for listening listening. Bye. bye